Jesus, Lord, I thank you, um, Father, so much for this opportunity to be here and to, to share um, with, uh, with our church family everything that, that you did uh, during our week in, in Clendenin, West Virginia. And Father, I, I pray now for, um, for this time as we, as we take the offering, as we give back to you, Lord, I pray that you would bless uh, the giver and the gift. I pray that, um, that you would take um, what is given and bless it abundantly, Lord, as we uh, continue to move forward with what you're calling us to do to reach people for you. Uh, so, Lord, we just thank you so much that we have the opportunity to give back to you. So, Father, I pray that, again, that you would just bless this offering, bless the rest of this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, you guys can go ahead and pass the, uh, the baskets now. Uh, thank you very much. So, as I mentioned, uh, we are really excited. Obviously, the, the two front rows here are uh, our team that was able to head down to Clendenin, West Virginia for uh, six days um, back in July, the 1st through the 6th. And we spent uh, an entire week down there helping with uh, flood relief and partnering with, uh, with a few different people down there, which I'll tell you in a, in a few minutes about that, uh, to make that happen. But um, I guess before I get into that, I want to start with just the fact of, of how committed we are in student ministries to missions. And you're going to see today why we're going to continue to be um, committed to missions in student ministries as you hear stories from the students. Um, missions trips have a, such a great effect. Uh, in fact, I've never seen anything to have a greater effect for the cause of Christ on students than a missions trip. Um, the things that God is able to do during a week of, of doing nothing but serving, the impact that it can have uh, that is life-changing, as all of them will tell you, uh, is just nothing short of amazing. So the reason for that, though, is because you're never more like Jesus than when you're serving other people. Amen? So I want to start where we always start in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8 where I think this is where we have to start because this is the verse that we start with every week. We start every meeting with this. So the students are like, yeah, I can recite this one. And good. Uh, because this is what Jesus commanded right before the ascension. Here's what he said. You will be, or you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Telling people all about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And that's where we get our four-year cycle of missions trips, is straight from this verse. Um, Jerusalem, taking care of home, that's Mission Akron. And then this, this year's trip, the Judea and Samaria, the regional, and to the ends of the earth, obviously being international, Ireland, where we went a couple of years ago. Um, and the idea for us to stay at home and work our way out is something that goes back to the words of, of Christ. Uh, so I'm, I'm really glad and, uh, and proud to say that, that we're following that and that it's a very successful strategy, obviously because it's, it's Jesus' uh, strategy. And, and this year is about, um, as, as with many years, but, but the regional trip um, has a lot to do with loving your neighbor, but not your next-door neighbor necessarily as, as much as those that, that we get to branch out and, and reach. We consider a regional trip anywhere from three to 500-mile radius, somewhere in there. Um, but before we get into telling you about everything that, was, that, that happened during the week, we have to start off with just a very big thank you. 
um, we just have to say thank you because the way that our church supports our students is nothing short of amazing. Um, and the great thing about missions trips is the way that uh, all of us can have a part of it, in it, even though these are the students and, and leaders that, that went and all of us have a part of this. If you prayed, if you bought a box of chocolate-covered strawberries, or many boxes of chocolate-covered strawberries, or pepperoni rolls, or whatever, if you helped out in any way, shape, or form, and I know that all of us did, all of us have a part of this, I can't say thank you enough. We can't say thank you enough for your support um, and, and making this happen. And I have to say thank you to our leaders as well, to the adults that, that went with us that took a week off of work um, and took their vacation to uh, work like crazy people. Um, and it was, as you'll see, um, I, I have to say thank you. Um, I have to say thank you very, very much. Uh, so why did we choose Clendenin, West Virginia? This is our second time to West Virginia in the 10 years that I've been here and um, as, a, as youth pastor. And there were various reasons that went, went into it, but ultimately it came down to um, it being the, the regional location, the, uh, the cost effectiveness, but, but more than that, the, um, the impact that could be had there in an area that had unfortunately been in some ways forgotten about. To me, that just screamed this is where Jesus would go. This is what Jesus would want us to be a part of. Um, so let me give you a few statistics about, about down there, and, and I think maybe you'll start to see why. There was a massive flood in 2016. Uh, many of you probably know about that, but the flood was, um, uh, was, was probably worse than, than what we realize. Uh, it affected 12 counties. It killed 23 people devastated over 1,200 homes and families. And the flood recovery continues even to this day because when you've got water that's as high as these screens, literally, there were people down there that, that told us, we said, well, where was the water line up to? And they said, you see the top of, of our, our window of our house? It was there. Um, I mean, you could, you could stand on the stage with your hands above your head and your hands still would not be above where the water line was. Um, the devastation that happens from something like that is something that, quite honestly, I don't know if there's any of us here that really understand that. Uh, ranked among other states, though, West Virginia is number 49 in healthcare qual quality, number 44 in education, number 49 in economy, number 50 in employment, and only 27% of the state is college educated, and the median income is $22,771 a year. So the help is desperately needed, desperately needed to rebuild from the ground up. And we partnered with a, a, um, an organization called Next Step Ministries, and this is a, an organization that really um, have, has the heartbeat of missions in, in very much the same way that we do. Uh, when I first talked to them, within about 20 minutes of the conversation, I'm, I'm thinking, why are we not best friends? Uh, because very much um, thinking the same things. Um, their vision uh, for, um, for missions, it's aimed specifically to bring churches and youth groups together to do missions work. And their mission statement is this, um, that they're to provide opportunities for students to explore their faith, experience God, and extend service to others, all in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, 
and they certainly did that. Uh, I could tell you a whole lot about what's going on, but, uh, or what went on down there, but I thought a video might actually just be able to tell you a whole lot more. So take a look at this. As you can see there, we stopped at the new property on the way home uh, before we even got back to be, uh, to drop them all off to their families. We stopped at the, at the new building and prayed over it, and uh, it was an awesome moment there. Um, so let me give you a, a quick rundown of, of what the week looked like for us. Uh, we had nine work crews that we were divided up into, uh, and we actually partnered with two other churches. There were two other churches there, one from New York, one from Maryland. Uh, they joined us. We had a total of about 95 people for the week uh, working together. Our daily schedule was basically this. Um, up super early for breakfast, where we would also have to pack our own lunches, and then we would do uh, devotionals in the morning. Then we would head to our work projects, and that was about 8.30 to 3. We were on site doing the work projects. Uh, we'd have lunch there and lunch devotionals there as well. Then we'd come back for showers, um, timed showers, dinner um, we would have, and uh, then an evening service and worship, um, and then go to bed and get up and do it all over again. And that was pretty much the, the entire week. Uh, all of the projects were construction of some kind. Um, and, you know, it wasn't just digging a couple holes uh, with a shovel. We were digging and digging and, uh, and pouring cement. And, uh, you know, we had two crews actually pouring cement, I believe, for sidewalks. Uh, we had a crew hanging drywall. Um, my crew poured cement for a foundation of an entire building well, kind of an addition to the back of a, of a porch that, that kind of got washed away and needed uh, rebuilt from the ground up. And all we had were two post hole diggers, I think, and our arms. Um, and we had to put in six pylons three foot deep to get below the frost line and all those things. And uh, then we had another crew that laid 60 feet of sidewalk um, and everything else in between that you can imagine. This was... Um, not an easy week. We had painting, shoveling, hammering, drilling, and everything in between there, as I mentioned. This was, for me personally, this was my 13th mission trip I've been on, and this was the, physically, I would have to say this was the toughest um, trip of any trip I've ever been on. Um, however, there was not one complaint from this team. There was not one complaint. There was not one that took it easy. There was not one that asked to quit. There was not one that asked to stop unless they really weren't feeling good. And in, in a couple cases, we kind of made them like, get some water um, sort of thing. Uh, the heat index for the week was somewhere between 95 and 105, depending on the day. Um, I have never sweat so much in my life. I don't know about you guys as well. Um, it, was, uh, it was not easy, but boy, was it worth it. Boy, was it worth it. We got to spend time with the residents and the people we were helping. We got to spend time with each other and with people from other, other churches. And you just get to see God work in ways that you just don't really see anywhere else. And so instead of me telling you more stories and uh, coming from my perspective, I think it would mean a whole lot more um, to hear from our students. And so we've got three students that are going to be giving testimonies, starting with Miss Natalie Dean. Come on up, girl. Hello. Okay. 
So having my parents be leaders in Connect, I had gone on a few mission trips. So I knew what to expect physically, but I didn't have much of an idea what to expect spiritually. Um, as you probably know, we went down to Clendenin to help flood victims. So I was expecting to learn more about being content in the things I had, but that's not what I was shown at all. Um, it was really cool because my crew went to a house with a man named David who took care of his mom and, three, uh, and his three aunts. And we were making a side rock from scratch, so we dug 55 feet and six inches deep trench and made cement with mixing mats so David could get the wheelchairs through the grass easier. Um, and they were always so happy to see us. And one time they came out with brownies, they did lunch devotionals with us, and they always made sure we knew we could come inside to take a break because it was so hot. Seeing how much those ladies cared about us really showed me how much of an impact we as Christians can leave on people, which is really cool, and I feel like sometimes we don't realize and take advantage of that enough. Throughout the week, I realized that God does everything for a reason. He used this devastating flood to bring people to him. If the flood hadn't happened, there would be no reason for all of us to go down there and shine his light, and, there, and we could have been the only chance of light those people got to see. Um, and I think that's really cool. So thank you to everyone who prayed for us all week, bought something from our fundraisers, and to those of you who donated the tools we needed to complete our projects. This trip wouldn't be possible without all of you, so thank you. Hi. Um, I'm Cameron, and first, uh, before I went on this trip with the people that I can honestly call family now, I kind of thought of this whole thing as just a big chore, but not like the dishes or the laundry, but more of a chore that you really want to do deep down, but don't want to drive three hours with people that you've seen your whole life, but never spoke more than a sentence to. And on top of that, work in the blazing heat of West Virginia. But... I knew right when I started talking to the people going and getting to know them that they would be a big part of my life for the years to come. One of the greatest things that happened to me during this week was seeing God through me and seeing what work he was doing with me and my team to forward his kingdom and his good word. One of those things was me and my team being able to bond and connect with uh, our residents that we were helping through our devotional questions and prayers by including them and asking their opinions and what they thought and what they think could help us youngins with our path of faith and obtaining their knowledge even helped our leaders on their path of understanding Jesus. Another thing God showed me was to persevere through the trials that get thrown at us, like getting our van stuck and working as a team to get it out. Even though it set our work a few hours behind, God rewarded us with getting even more work done than we were expecting that day. And even with the van incident and it being the hottest day, we still got more work done. To be honest, before I went on this trip, I was just kind of expecting to help people and feel better and feel accomplished when I got home. But I ended up getting one of the most rewarding feelings of my life out of it and just way more than feeling accomplished for helping people. And I just wanted to thank everybody who made this trip possible and thank you for changing my life and my team uh, in such a big way and showing me and my friends how to serve God in the best possible way. So when I first told my mom about going to West Virginia for a missions trip, she just looked at me in surprise and said, do you know you're going to have to do a lot of work at this thing? And I just looked at her and rolled my eyes and replied, yes, mom, I know. 
And this was, so this was my first miss, missions trip and I really didn't know what to expect. I only heard different stories from different people from their previous trips. So I just figured I would hammer or shovel something and help the community and then just come back to Ohio. I never really thought about the experience I would have and how I would be impacted by the community and the people I'd be working with. So I was assigned a crew with all guys from ABT and a group of all middle school girls from Maryland. It was pretty frustrating working with the Maryland girls because they wouldn't do much and basically just played with a water hose the entire time while the rest of us were about to pass out from working so much. The whole week, I kept asking, why are these girls here? They're not even doing anything. I got so angry, and sometimes I even gave the girls a little attitude. <laughs> one day, towards the end of the trip, one of the girls told me about how she was so nervous to come, but now she was so glad she did because she was so happy that we met, and we met each other and she learned so much from God that week. After that conversation, I started to realize that these girls were here for a purpose. God brought them here to experience and learn more than just good work ethic. During this trip, God also showed me to keep loving one another despite how angry or annoyed a person might make us feel. Honestly, if I was a middle schooler and I was told to mix and lay down cement, I definitely would have hidden in an air-conditioned band all day. Every single person is different and is at a different stage in their life, so we must be patient and love one another as God does us. These girls made such an impact on me, and it's so cool to see how they didn't, if they didn't come on this trip, I never would have learned this lesson. This was such an unforgettable experience, and I will forever remember how amazing it was to see how God worked through me and through others. I just want to give a big thanks to the, all the leaders who planned this awesome trip and to everyone who continu continuously prayed for us. Thank you. Romans 10, starting in verse 14 and 15. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. That's you guys. That's all of us. Because we're all called to bring the good news. I want to encourage you, everyone here, to talk to these students. Because while we only had time for three, we could have had 22. <laughs> because they all have an awesome story. They all have a story of what God showed them um, during the week, during the six days that we spent in Clendenin is something that changed all of their lives. And it was worth it. It was worth all of the sweat equity. It was worth all of the financial investment. It was worth all of the, the time involved. As I mentioned, we, um, we had the most physically demanding and enduring week of a missions trip that I've ever been on. Um, but that's not a complaint. Because God really used that as a vehicle to show each and every one of us something. God used that as a vehicle to show us something individually and used it to show us all something as a group. Um, but there was an, an overwhelming thing. At the end of the week, um, the team from, uh, from Next Step, they, uh, 
they passed on a baton to us. They gave us this baton, and it says reckless love on the baton. And all the, everybody on the team, we all signed the baton. And, um, and it was a cool little moment of, um, you know, representing, passing the baton to us to, to bring back. Um, and the idea of reckless love really was the theme throughout the entire week. Um, in the evening, we would have devotion time and we would have a, a service. And the theme that ran throughout the entire week was this idea of reckless love. And you think about what we were doing, where we were doing, um, and the manner in which it was done. Reckless love is the best way to describe it. First uh, Corinthians 14.40 says that, that everything should be done in decency and order. right? And, and the Bible talks about... Um, you know, various guidelines for all of us and, and ways that we should, should live our life. I've been reading Ephesians a lot, and, and in Ephesians and Colossians, Paul is giving very specific instruction to the church and to godly living and how we should live. And there's a theme woven through all of it, and that theme is love. Because while we do have guidelines and while we do have um, ways that God says it's better to live your life this way than to live that way, one of the things... In fact, it very well may be the only thing that God really gives uh, no limits, no restraints, no guidelines, no restrictions to is love. I never really thought about it that way until this week. We are not restricted, limited, or at least we shouldn't be. We do. We, we limit ourselves. We limit ourselves when it comes to love. We limit ourselves when it comes to how we show that to other people. Um, but there are no limits and no restrictions on that. In fact, it's encouraged to be over the top and crazy about how we are able to show God's love to people. And that's where that idea of reckless love came from. Jesus said that we should love our enemies. That's nuts. That's reckless love. Taking a week off work and a week from all of your, your life to go down and do the things that they did down in West Virginia, that's reckless love. Whether they realized it or not when they jumped in the vans, that's what they were showing, but that's what they came back learning. And today we, we not only want to remember that and celebrate it, but we want to pass it on. And we want to pass it on to you. We want to bring that home and pass this on to our church because as I said at the beginning, a mission trip is not just us. While we were the ones that went, this was the team that went. All of us have a part of it. All of you had a part in this. Everybody did. It talks about in Acts how the church shared everything that they had. And we can't thank you enough for sharing in, in this and being a part of this. And it, would, it wouldn't be right for us to not pass on some of this to our entire church family. Philippians 2, verse 3 through 8. Paul says this, when looking at how we should, if you look at this passage, he's talking about how should we emulate Christ? This is, this is really the idea of this entire uh, chapter here. Is how, what is the best way to imitate Jesus? As, fo as Christians, followers of Christ, we should be looking at that, right? And here's what Paul says. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, 
but each of you to the interests of the others. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That is what I call reckless love. Paul got these ideas from Jesus. The best way to imitate Jesus' character traits, right there. Right there in Philippians. These are the kinds of things that a mission trip can teach us in a very, very tangible way. Because how are we supposed to be known to the rest of the world? John 13, 34 through 35, Jesus tells us, he says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's really just love is, is where it all starts. It's the thread that runs through all of it. And we forget that. We forget that sometimes because we don't, we don't feel worthy. We feel unqualified. Sometimes we feel unprepared. Sometimes we feel incapable because of the things that the enemy puts in front of us to discourage us. Maybe the things the enemy puts in front of us to distract us, to pull us aside because we, we forget, because we get so busy with our lives, with our lives, that we forget what God's actually put us here for. And then when those opportunities arise, Satan starts to put these little things in our head and we start to believe them and we start to hear them, unfortunately louder sometimes than what God is saying because we are not unworthy, we are not unqualified, we're not unprepared and incapable. You could say with some of the, the projects that, that we got put into and that we were doing, you could probably quantify some of those things and say, wow, I don't know if this group of teenagers really should be building a foundation to a building or whatever. Fill that in. But you know what? God accomplishes great things through those who are just willing. God asks for obedience. He just asks for obedience and for him to take care of the outcome. Because here's the deal. You are worthy. You are capable. You are qualified because God has sent you. And how often are we not looking or even have our eyes open for the opportunities placed in front of us? 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter of the Bible, right? I read it at every wedding I've ever done. Verse six says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Scooch down to verse 13, it says, now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. 
And as we mentioned, Jesus had a reckless love for us because he gave everything. Why should we do anything less than to show a reckless abandonment kind of love to those that are around us? You want to know what the biggest thing is we came home with? It was that. It was that. And so the connection point for everybody today is that we are called to show the reckless love of God regardless of where we are, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of whether you're on a missions trip or whether you're sitting at your desk at work or whether you're running to the grocery store or whatever that might be. See, comfortable people don't need Jesus as much. Think about that. Comfortable people don't need Jesus as much. Sometimes we allow ourselves to get too comfortable and we forget that we should be showing the reckless love of Jesus to others. Maybe we need to do more desperate things when it comes to loving other people. What does that look like for you? I don't know if I even know 100% what that looks like for me all of the time, but I'm willing to see what that looks like. I'm willing to see maybe in each and every circumstance that God has put us in, how we can show the reckless love of Jesus. We are all called to show the reckless love of God. If you could bow your head and close your eyes with me, I'd like to close us in prayer here. Again, I want to thank everybody so much for their willingness to be a part of this. And I think, in fact, I know that God was honored and glorified through everything that these students and, and leaders did during the week and today as we celebrate that. But let's not let this be just about celebrating that. Let's, let's let this idea, let's let this baton get passed on to each and every one of us to show the reckless love of God to each and every person that we come in contact with. Regardless of whether we think they deserve it or not, we know they don't. None of us do. Father, I love you, Lord, and I thank you that you love us. God, I thank you that you love us no matter what. I thank you that there's nothing we can do to make you love us more or to make you love us less. God, you love us unconditionally. You love us recklessly. You love us so much we can't even get our head around it, Lord. God, we can't thank you enough for that. And so, Father, I pray that as, as we have celebrated what you've done today, and Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you that, that this team could be used by you to make an impact for the kingdom. God, and we know that happened. Father, I pray that as we, um, as we all take this idea of reckless love, Lord, that we can go out and show that to others. Lord, that we can show the love of God as your word says that, that they will know that we're your disciples by our love, Lord. So let us all show that. Let us all live that. Let us all give that love. Father, I thank you for this time and I thank you for each and every person that's here. And Lord, if there's one that maybe doesn't understand the reckless love of God. And, and maybe this is the first time they've heard something like this, Father, that, that today might be the day that, that they get that right. 
Lord, maybe they're not 100% sure that they're going to heaven because they don't feel worthy or, or capable or they feel unloved. Lord, let them know that you love them. Let them know that you love them exactly where they are, exactly how they are, Lord, and that all they have to do is come to you because you're standing there with your arms wide open. So, Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, Lord, I pray that they would make that decision before they leave today, that maybe they would come forward and, and talk to one of us and they could get that right. Thank you for this opportunity to be here and to celebrate you. We love you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening today. We hope your heart was inspired. For more information or directions, visit us at abt316.com.